Sometimes it's just like, oh, there's a lot of noise going on outside right. suddenly. Yeah, like right now they're building a road for the fifth time in front of uh, here. So if you hear beeping, it's like... Yeah, on my side, they're um, pre preparing a concert, I think, outside. So there's a battery. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's That's been banging the drums for uh, half an hour. Well, we're um, not getting any of it, yeah. so it's good. Yeah, that yeah. Apple mic is really good at just like filtering. It is out. noise cancellation, everything. How do they do it? These days, I find myself as more of an Elixir advocate than uh, an active developer. Um, I wrote um, Elixir for a, a good amount of time at a startup I was at, an education startup I was at. Convinced them that Ruby wasn't the way. Let's do Elixir. They wound up building about five or six applications in Elixir and a, um, a messaging uh, framework in Elixir. Um, so like all in uh, on Elixir, uh, I'm at GitHub now doing Ruby um, and dreaming of Elixir. A, a lot of spikes that I do, I purposely do spikes in Elixir because I know they won't ship and I don't want the danger of like accidentally ship. Let's just ship the spike. It's like, no, I mean, if you want to ship this, it's an Elixir. You can have this today, but that's my strategy. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Being Radio. Welcome back to Beam Radio. I'm Stephen Nunez, and today we have one of my favorite type of interviews. Uh, but before we get started, let's introduce the panel today. I've got Lars Vickman. That's my head hitting my desk. <laughs> you've seen, you've all seen the title. You know what's going to happen today. We're all super excited to have today's guest on. Uh, before we get started, um, I want to thank our sponsors, Groxio and Underyard. For making this possible and making Beam Radio happen. Really, really grateful for that. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Lars to, to kick us off. Yeah. So, welcome to the show, Guillaume. Thank you. Hello. Hello. So, at the time of recording, your talk is not public yet. Uh, I, I would say it's semi-public because <laughs> semi -public. I've seen it pop. Everywhere that uh, the Elixir type system is uh, discussed, someone will post the link. Uh, so. so it might have leaked, might have leaked. Um, but yeah, people that attend ElixirConf EU virtually or in person should be able to access uh, the version that was streamed. And then there should be an edited version eventually. Um, I found a very clear presentation of how all this type system stuff works. And as I told you at the conference when we spoke, um, I have never felt the need for a type system in Elixir, but after the presentation, I must say, I don't hate it. I think this might actually be useful. A resounding endorsement. Um, I don't hate nice. it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this is good. <laughs> but before we get into talking about the type system, uh, something we tend to ask our guests, and I want to ask you, is how did you get into Elixir? And I imagine your path might not have been the usual one if you yeah so um long story is that uh well, during my masters i studied distributed systems and uh, i think it was a uh, jartel's book and the course was in Erlang, and uh, i quite liked the language it made me really enjoy uh enjoy writing uh, distributed uh, algorithms but uh, i didn't want to to study that to continue that um as a field of uh, theoretical computer science. And later on, I got into type systems and I thought I would never, I would never get to mix my two, my two interests in. <laughs> and um, 
and and really, I had this thought when I when I went into type systems. And two years ago, I was uh, working on GHC doing type stuff, and uh, um, Giuseppe contacted me and told me, "Oh, we have. Uh, if you're interested, the creator of uh, Elixir is very interested in my work." And I had worked with Giuseppe before. We published a paper in 2019. And uh, do you want to uh, do you want to do a PhD with me? On, and the, the subject will be applying the theory that you know of subtractive types to this this language, Elixir. And I knew Elixir because uh, I, I knew at the time that people were saying it was the uh, the modern the the, the uh, hyper version of <laughs> version of Erlang. And and uh, I thought that's that's crazy. I thought that's crazy, and that's how I ended up working on on Elixir. Well, yeah, that is an unlikely thing to match up. Like, oh, I love type systems, and I really enjoy this uh, weirdo runtime. That absolutely sort of rejects and <laughs> resists typing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What would you say are the benefits that you see in a type system, like in general, and then maybe specifically for Elixir? So, of course, my my job is to design type systems. So um, that would be weird if I couldn't come up with reasons to justify my work. Um, I, I will say first that uh, the simplest thing is to take advantage of what you're already doing um, in Elixir. You're already do, writing pro programs that are uh, good and uh, you write guards that check the types of your arguments. And I think it, it feels a little bit wrong that there's not a way to leverage that and intelligently uh, prevent you from doing uh, obvious mistakes in the handling of your data types. And, and what I mean is that because of the way we designed this type system to be expressive enough, we can afford to do things like checking pattern matching exhaustivity, useless uh, code branches, and all of this stuff. I think I think it's good to have it. It feels good. It was a great part. It was what I really liked um, about programming in OCaml. I learned to program in OCaml due to French French uh, school system. Uh, I think it's what makes the experience programming now school enjoyable too, because you uh, change uh, um, change something in your program, and the compiler tells you everywhere you have to make some changes. So that's the first. That's the first really simple thing. The second, I think, is that types they enable better communication around your the code that you wrote. For example, if you have to synchronize with a team, um, you're going to write type specifications for what uh, the main program that everyone works on is is doing, and this 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 can this can have a positive impact for libraries developers too. I think I think it's nice not to have to look at what uh, the code inside of the program does and just rely on a types type and a specification uh, that is the actual one that really is checked against uh, the function. The third thing, interesting thing, is um, more advanced type um, type features. Like um, in this presentation, Alex at AlexiConf, I showed how uh, having a type system enables you to um, 
do parameterization of protocols. So if you want the type system to check that your streams have uh, strings in them, well, uh, that your list, uh, a list of integers, um, uh, or to compose protocols, you, you're going to be able to specify that too. And I think that's that's the more advanced um, stuff that people will be able to themselves invent once there's um, a type system that they can manipulate. But that's that's also very very nice because you want to you want not only to make things easier to use, but also maybe propose improvements. Those are some good reasons. I've actually had to deal with a very like strict uh, type system in the last two years as I've worked a bunch with Elm. Um, mm-hmm. And Elm, I think, is a very good, like, uh, it's a good demo of what the people that really like type systems like about type systems. Yeah, Elm, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, like Elm wields the type system, like, aggressively. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is type system forward. Um, and something I've noticed when, when we discuss Elm code in that team is that sometimes someone just posts a function and I'm like, uh, this this isn't working right. I'm not getting this to to what it needs to be. And sometimes you can just look at the type uh, the type information and go, oh, actually the type information you need to be you need to make this function instead, <laughs> where where you essentially just send them the new type signature, um, and they get oh. Yes, right. Uh, I didn't maybe that, or I didn't uh, like. I needed to output this part differently, and like every function that has those type annotations ends up having a contract that you can talk about. Uh, so it's interesting in that regard. But I was also very happy to see that the type system that you presented doesn't feel like it's built for Elm. It has some similarities to, like, visually, uh, just like the annotation looks a little bit similar to how Elm does it, uh, not entirely. But it feels like this was built to allow you to work with the way Elixir works, which is very dynamic, very flexible. But uh, you can start applying this where it makes sense, where it, uh, where it's reasonable. I would have been uh, very scared if it if it felt too much like Elm, but I, I felt like there was a, there was enough like wiggle room to do to do practical things from a very an existing very dynamic code base, and then start to like adopt typing. So I I, I was impressed that it, it seemed like very pragmatic, which I think is necessary for for working with Elixir at all. Yeah, so th- there are so many things I could um, to answer to that. So first, yeah, of course, it's part of our uh, design sheet to having Jose on the team that uh, this must appeal, this work must appeal to Elixir programmers. A good thing is that it, I think it also mirrors our opinions about type systems of me and uh, Giuseppe, uh, that a type system must feel convenient to use, natural. The the best thing is, uh, yeah, when we work a lot on some uh, theory problem in the theory, and uh, after a lot of work, we present it, and there's no question about, uh, about it because it feels feels natural to use. 
what you said about just looking at the type for the function and uh, countering with another type, uh, it's interesting because to me that's maybe a hidden feature of a type system is that if your type system is well designed in regard to a specific language, you are going to be able to reason about that language using the words of this type system. So when you write a program, you reason about the execution, uh, the semantic behavior of the of the program, uh, which can be, which is, I think that's the most important. Um, um, it's more important to have that, to be able to do that, than to write only, only in terms of types, I think. Um, but that's, uh, you have now another language, if you have a, an expressive type system, to uh, reason in terms of functions that pass things and other various uh, uh, constructions. And I, I think that's also uh, maybe an overlooked thing, that when you bring a type system, you bring a new language. And that means that this new language has to really feel, um, feel uh, tied to the the original language it cannot introduce contradictions or uh, wart. warts yeah <laughs> yeah i've definitely like type i've worked with some kind of type annotation doc like uh, it was some kind of doc string uh, type annotations for php 7 or something at one point uh, mm-hmm. and it felt like someone had tried to graft c sharp onto php and i didn't like it <laughs> So, like, I wasn't convinced about uh, adding type information at all, but there were also, like, tons of warts and weird cases because I don't think this was the mainline way of doing it in PHP. And I think they've they've expanded their uh, their type deal uh, with time. But it was just kind of messy. Um, Ah, yeah. And something I liked about this... uh, the way you approached it was it was very terse. Like if you only needed to write a fairly simple function, uh, you ended up with a very short definition that was easy to read. Uh, Some of the more advanced samples certainly get a little bit more complicated to parse, both visually and like intellectually. Uh, But if that's a, if that's a driver to help people make simpler functions then I'm not too fussed about that. The, the polymorphic ones, maybe? Or... Yeah, and like anytime you start doing parentheses and 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 or, like after a while, it's like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> and I think that's probably also a signal to like, oh, maybe this is two functions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this and also terrified. So I, I haven't worked with like a, a type system professionally. You know, you do your little explorations here and there. What I'm, what I'm really curious about is how does the way we write code change when we have a type system at our back? One thing that I've heard a lot is, you know, Elixir's uh, history is sort of tied to, due to its dynamic nature, has like a very big testing aspect to it, which is built into unit tests, right? Is there a set of, of things that sort of go away when you have a typing system? Does it change the way you work with code? By having this type system where maybe some tests that we would write now become a bit superfluous because the type system will check correctness. That's a very, very interesting question. So when we designed the type system, we 
also in in papers in academic papers we write proofs of the different kind of guarantees that uh, the type system offers so we can exactly pinpoint what kind of errors we can still get even the even with a well typed program and what uh, what errors will be will definitely be uh, removed so some errors can we can find for example key key errors when you use the dot notation uh, the, those should be should be gone uh, some we cannot and we can just um, um, possibly give warnings so no uh, you still have to test your programs um, rats <laughs> uh, yes but uh, maybe a bit less and um, maybe if you understand the type system enough and if you begin to trust it more uh, you will be able to use less tests that that's i think that's really the field that we're evolving here um, is really not uh, all or nothing yeah and i think we're dealing with a language that if you only relied on the type system there's the weird things the language and runtime could decide to do uh that would Definitely. totally blindside the the compiler because the compiler doesn't know everything that's going on in the runtime. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a very runtime <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of operation. But I'm very curious to see what this can do for tooling. Now, in the talk, you also mentioned like, oh yeah, now uh, we're publishing papers and all of that, and then it's also a matter of actually implementing the the final thing. Do you have any information about kind of how how that's going to happen? Is this, like, is Jose just going to spend a weekend or uh, are you mo mostly going to be doing it? Or, like, is it going to be a community thing? Like, I'm very curious uh, how the... How and when this actually happens? Nimble type is coming out this weekend. Watch this nimble type. <laughs> what do you mean, nimble oh, type? Yeah, so there, there's this How series you know? of libraries. <laughs> uh, there, there's a series of libraries in Elixir called Nimble something. Uh, yeah, most of them so, come yeah. out of Dashbit, uh, and it seems like whenever Jose has a problem, it spawns a Nimble library. Yeah, and we um, we joke, we had Jose on the show, and it was like he's he were he's like I don't work on many things. I work on like one thing a year, but the things are like Gen Stage and like these massive like revolutionary things, and working on NX. It's like I do like one thing a year. It's like yeah, but it's it's a thing. So Nimble type, you know, it'll just come out over the weekend with Nimble type. Are we making news right now? Is there a nimble type in the work? There's, I do I do have a private uh, repo called nimble types. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> um, so I, for clarity, I I did not use my super GitHub powers to look at any uh, private repo, <laughs> which I guess 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 that's kind of the obvious thing. You're <laughs> good, good, uh, good call there. Um, so currently, I have a little prototype that's been uh, going around. Uh, which types type checks uh, the examples of uh, our paper and um, will fail on any any <laughs> other example uh, this um, so this prototype it relies on a language called Seduce, which is a 20 years old language that was invented to prototype the theory of uh, set theoretic types 
so so I use it as um, like a library because it computes um, it does uh, it does computation on set theory types. So the main thing I need to do now is to code code uh, this uh, um, to to recode this this logic. And um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll do uh, once this is done. Maybe we'll do a hackathon with uh, and 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 graph that into Elixir. <laughs> maybe maybe a live stream type system that'll live stream. Yeah, <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, you're obvi- obviously not on the hook for any of this. Uh, we're just curious. In terms of uh, Beam Radio guarantee of when uh, this. That's really that's really a big question mark for for um, me too. I would say I look forward to seeing what happens in that regard. Um, but to go back to actually doing this, um, how do you tackle something like this? Like, oh, here's a programming language, and here's a type theory. Now we're gonna just uh, make a type system here. Uh, where do you start? <laughs> yeah, so I would say that at first it was uh, it was a blast because um, I could just uh, rely on uh, twenty years of um, experience on um, and research on type systems by uh, Giuseppe and his uh, in his past uh, PhD students who did all the work to have um, expressive set theory types, polymorphism, um, and. And I was just uh, adapting that and put it that and and gradual typing as well. I was, so I was just uh, adapting that uh, to the syntax of Elixir and looking if uh, if it went well. Um, it uh, it becomes a little bit difficult when you realize you need some new things, so you need to uh, extend the research, and um, it becomes really hard when you realize that uh, there's also a very big uh, problem of design um, this is a language is is, uh, is very because we're working with a popular language here <laughs> and uh, it already is, exists and people already have opinions yeah it is <laughs> before this, you've even started <laughs> this makes it interesting right yeah. so the the design choices of usability and uh, what's what's useful to they uh, they almost happen also at the theory level uh, for uh, in terms of what we're going to focus on and uh, how we're going to resolve certain issues. Um, um, for example, for uh, typing maps, uh, Elixir has uh, two uses of maps, a static way that asks for a given key to be present and a dynamic way, which just takes an expression, resolves it into value, and uh, asks the map for this value. And this, this is uh, on the type level. This is this is uh, different. So we had to unify those two. Um, and um, but uh, I would say this is very rewarding, and especially talking with people of the community, it's very very uh, rewarding, and it makes this work. Even even more interesting. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that sometimes the work ends up being very theoretical and like you don't get to see it applied uh, very often. But you certainly went to 
went to a conference full of people that build things mostly. Uh, that's something I found fun about Electricalf. It's like, yep, everyone here is just using this to build stuff mostly. Yes, uh, like generally. That was very impressive to me. How did you feel about giving the talk? Did you did you have a good time at the conference and all? Yeah, I, I had a great time at Electricalf. Yeah. Mm, giving the talk was uh, insanely stressful, I would say, because <laughs> I had special circumstances. I think there was a technical delay. So uh, I had to give my talk uh, 15 minutes later. So when I was setting up, there was already 300 people watching me set up my computer. And uh, there was a little full screen issue I had to, I had to solve. And everyone was already <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Um, but the talk itself was um, overly prepared, so I I don't think I was was um, I was very conscious while doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think it landed very well. Uh, it was very clear, very easy to follow, and like it is easy to lose me when you start talking theory. Uh, but when I watched this, it was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so I, I found it very easy to follow. And it was fun to see the Q&A. And it's like, oh, and there Jose is up. And yeah. <laughs> All three up there just batting down uh, questions. That was that was hilarious. <laughs> that was great. I mean, it, it's yeah. good to see that there's a lot of excitement in the community for for this. Uh, I think people are also excited that it's opt-in. And then you can kind of like slowly opt-in. Um, mm. One question I had was, we have typed specs today, and they, they don't go sort of far enough um, in a lot of respects. The, um, in the future, do we see the? Do we still see the need for type specs? Will there be some sort of effort to generate TypeScripts from type specs from my types, or even vice versa that you can sort of tweak? Um, that's that's one thing. And then if just kind of like to follow on, because you kind of got this question in the talk as well, is is there going to be typing for um, Erlang libraries or other, you know, basically like the long living, you know, ecosystem of things that are in Erlang that might have type specs today. Is there any way or any effort to introduce those type guarantees to those libraries with this new typing system? So the first first question about specs, um, usually um, when Jose is here, I just redirect the question to him. It's, <laughs> it's you. I want to hear your answer. Language. <laughs> but to be fair, I've done that enough times now on this question to, so that I can probably answer it. So the thing is that um, they're different because uh, the type system, if you feed it annotations, it's going to check them. And uh, currently, type specs they are not expressive enough that you can that they can really be checked against uh, some many programs. Right. For example, you need uh, what we introduced as uh, type intersections of function types to type check to really type check uh, a lot of mm -hmm. functions. So you, if you are if you want to introduce this discipline into your system, you need you need something. Um, you need to to write uh, this new syntax. Um, uh, otherwise, they're 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 similar, right? Uh, type indentations. They are type specs that are uh, checked in uh, in uh, with a different discipline. 
As for uh, translation, well, maybe actually I'm wrong. And if you, and well, you could, I think, easily translate type specs to our uh, types, mm. to our type syntax. Um, they look similar. And I mean, uh, type, the language of type specs is a subset of uh, the language of our types. So maybe you could write a translator that translates all type specs into type notations, and it's just going to work for the majority of programs. Um, this is um, probably a fun fun hackathon uh, project. Yeah. Well, maybe just a one-hour project that could be done once we have implemented the type system. I think, yeah, the, this is this is really something that uh, Jose will have to implement right. this transition, and um, I don't know. I don't know how people feel about that. I mean, <laughs> I, I would be. I would almost be curious to see, you know, going all in on the new typing system, and then sort of like reversing out the type spec since it's less capable. Right, go from more more specific to more general. Um, yeah, I guess there's a challenge there that you can express things in this type system that you can't express with a type. Right, spec. which is why going yes. in, going to kind of like the gen, like okay, well, I can't do a union type the way I can in a type spec, so I'll just say uh, term. Yeah. It's at the term. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you could have a cons uh, conservative mm -hmm. uh, translation. Right. That translates everything into term to term. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever sort of like the, the, the thing. Or maybe have. something more intelligent. Right. I know I'm always getting an integer. Okay, I can say integer, but if it's kind of yes. a little too funky, I can't. Uh, that could be, maybe that could be right. something. So that, that could be useful yeah. if what one wants to do is, for example, reduce the number of annotations you need to make in Elixir while maintaining some useful in drop with Erlang in terms of. Right. Because otherwise you're doing sort of double work, right? You're doing your type spec yeah. and then, you know, you then you'd have to test your type spec against your proper type to make sure that they're in sync so that dialyzer and your type, you know, it just becomes like a, oh, an awful... I, I don't think you would want to double type check with dialyzer and, and uh, the... Well, I mean, there would be the, two, there would be sort of like the new type checker and then there would be for legacy things, there's this sort of dialyzer... And we they would be fighting it fight for quite some time. <laughs> no, you're yeah, wrong. Exactly. There's an error here. <laughs> yeah. Who am I going to believe? Uh, the one thing I, I reason I bring up the Erlang um, libraries and um, is because um, yes, so JavaScript has a, a similar sort of issue where they have there's TypeScript and there are um, there are types for some things but not all things and there's an effort to even before they were integrated into the repositories or things were rewritten, people would write these d.ts files, which would say, I'm going to write the annotations in a separate file for React or for jQuery, right? So some library, and then you would then load that and then work with the library sort of on its, you just import and use it, mm -hmm. but you then still had at the, at the edge, you'd have that guarantee that, you know, my type system knows I'm going to get one of these things, it was separate from the main project, but it was something that you could sort of import into your project and it was maintained eventually by the community and then eventually put inside the proper project in a lot of cases. Um, is there yes. any, has there been any discussion about something like that? Because I can imagine you want to use the Erlang Q library, right? Or the, yeah, mm -hmm. the Q library. It's there, it's available. It's something that we, we can use all the time, but it won't have 
the type guarantees because it's sort of like black box Erlang stuff. D definitely, uh, writing uh, f for uh, in function interfaces in files, and uh, so the guarantee is you um, is uh, would be the easiest um, approach to branch into a type system. Perhaps something well er with um, with this work um, Erlang can be typed in a similar manner um, and uh, there's also um, uh, people who do um, set directly types of Erlang that are uh, so th this kind of theory can could also be applied to mm -hmm. Erlang so that maybe uh, uh, Erlang could have itself types that our interface with ours, I don't know, but yeah, the f writing uh, writing interface files is really the easy solution, and uh, you would have to write that for once for the libraries that are commonly used in Elixir, and and I guess that's it. But of course, maybe there's something more to do here, like try to analyze, try to give more guarantees than just a file with annotations that, uh, but uh, I think one, what we want here in this work is first and foremost to have a type system for people who are writing, who are going to write new Elixir code and that uh, that, that cor correctly describes Elixir programs, the functional core of Elixir. And um, hopefully, the, hopefully those adaptations go well. How has the community feedback been and how have you gotten anything kind of useful that has informed informed things going forward? Has there been any any novel inputs into the process since you've unveiled it to the wild masses? <laughs> yes, definitely. Um I've got uh, I've gotten feedback on um history of the beam on uh, the efforts around typing because um, there, there are so many people who build who build things and this has this has helped me quite a lot uh, some people are suggesting features as well uh, to use with type system and that that's, uh, that's really nice to hear I don't know if I'll be able to remember everything every everything but yeah I do have the feeling that uh, um, many interactions were quite fruitful, especially since I'm coming from, to be to be honest, um, an academic uh, background on type systems and programming languages. So my point of view is quite uh, general, uh, I would say. Um, I've not uh, battled with uh, all of Elixir. I do have written the Phoenix web app, but um, I had worked for Elixir for quite quite some time before doing so. One interesting feedback I have had was uh, discussions about Ecto and how people use it and what guarantees and uh, what they hope they they could have. And uh, it's a good good occasion to test whether our, our types are expressive enough. And the best is if we have a way to express what people want. And maybe it's too long, but if that's the case, we just have to figure out a syntax, uh, some syntactic sugar or feature to like um, 
take some map type and and uh, create uh, the same map type with, with one uh, field that is non-nullable or uh, things like that. If we have the exclusivity, many problems are easily solved. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, bringing types to Ecto because there is already type information there with, yes. uh, with the schema and everything. So mm -hmm. being able to kind of forward that and let that flow out to to other parts of Ecto and maybe sort of into your change set functions and what does that mean and do you can you have like a type that represents your scheme in a in an easy way uh, yeah that's interesting or just for example ch uh, change sets and the the, the validation uh, functions I can potentially with the my type system analyze what they do and they're going to take a schema with um, nullable fields but maybe the if the validation function checks uh, some prop some properties or the values of these fields i will be able to tell you what the type what type it's uh, written value as this is uh, yeah taking into account what people already do uh, but making it uh, even possibly more useful going slightly outside of uh, sort of the beam are there particular type systems that you are particularly sort of impressed by or fond of or like what is the the perfect language or type system or uh, such for oh, we know the perfect else. language Bosh. yes yes we know the perfect but language perfect at system. least for us so yeah. <laughs> i i can... one with an existing type system let's say <laughs> oh honest do you imagine i can be on that question working in <laughs> in the research in type system research um no, i imagined I, you would have looked <laughs> at many type systems that's yeah. why i'm curious like uh, are you a haskler are you deep into elm or have you gone off like nah really everyone should just be doing whatever it is java is doing like i imagine you've formed some opinions about what you like what, in a type system. i would say that um what i like about uh, ocaml is uh, not writing types, and mm. uh, you just write you just write programs, and uh, you don't have to write types at first when you learn it. You they, they just get into your way for the first time, and um, yeah, I like when I like a type system that helps you a lot, but does not get into your way. So as someone who doesn't know OCaml at all, sorry, uh, does um, it infer types then OCaml, entirely? Yeah, yeah. It, it infers um, most types entirely. You have to go um, to do some probably quite advanced stuff to, to break inference. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, I like that. And you can add annotations if you want to see them. Yeah. But uh, usually you don't don't need them. I like I like um I like nice things. Um, <laughs> I like um, nice features uh, in different type systems. Yeah. Have you looked at rock? I've yeah, I have um actually um I don't think I have much much to comment because yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> no <enough>. comment. Oh, <laughs> very damning. No, uh, the reason I mention it is because when you 
mentioned inferring types, I believe they have some mechanisms for doing that, where it's like, no, no, this function is quite obvious what it does, asterisk, that's the type. Uh, something akin to that, and then it would infer the rest. Otherwise, I think it's rather Elm-like uh, in many other aspects. I haven't dug into rock, but I've heard, I've heard things. I've interviewed people that love Elm and rock and all that stuff, so I've uh, absorbed some. There is no camel for Erlang. Uh, have you looked at caramel? Yes, yes, I have. Yes, I've looked into into a dozen of uh, Beam languages. Um, this was um, one I liked that the that was also camel like, and that the module system was uh, sister. Uh, it was quite uh, quite interesting. What was um, that because, called? Because uh, uh, Cest Cest oh. Earl, and uh, it is is a um, a paper that I quite enjoyed and did research on effing modules, but. Um, I like I like Erlang and Elixir style programming pattern matching. So I don't think I would want to have OCaml. What I what I dislike about OCaml is the pattern matching feels a little bit uh, um, to what would be the opposite of, of powerful to too simple. Like limiting. Uh... Yeah, too limiting. You have to pattern match on. Uh, uh, constructors uh, on and and if you do funny funny overlapping stuff like in Elixir, uh, you know you, you're <laughs> it's it's a no. <laughs> it's a no. The pilot says no. <laughs> I see. I see what you did, but uh, <laughs> nice come try. come back, come back in a few years. All right, before we wrap up. Uh, are there things people should be looking at or is there something people can help with? Is there anything in particular that the community can do to support the effort? Um, so if you're, if you're a company, uh, you can sponsor the work or if you work at a company and they want to sponsor. Uh, the first exploratory step was uh, sponsored by uh, Fresha, Superbase, um, Dashbit. And uh, this will be a multi-year effort, so that could be a way to help. In terms of helping as an individual programmer, that's a bit uh, difficult for me to say because um, I don't know. I would if I had uh, one full-time programmer with me right right from this moment. I wouldn't know what to say. I would uh, I would explain all the theory to them, and they would code it. I don't know. Um, and uh, I imagine that, well, st stay tuned. And when the first uh, beta comes out, you can test it and invent some good stuff with the type system. Then that would be great. Um, also, reading reading um, the papers that we put for the public. And if you see something that's inaccurate, reporting it to me is very is very nice to me. Uh, that's why we put our drafts even before publishing them so that we can have community feedback. All right. Fantastic. And uh, and also, if you're on the, my prototype, Typex, uh, if you could submit the first example um, of the negate function, that would be very useful 
because people have just I've only submitted it two and two hundred three hundred times for now. <laughs> um, I don't know if you if you see it's just because I I put a debug button that sends me feedback, and um, the I think that's that's what happens when you put a website right. Uh, people click on every button and then they they see and oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so so what you're saying is all the listeners should try your your <laughs> prototype type checking tool and send you feedback about to, the to tell me function. that they've yes. that they've watched it <laughs> i i should actually take it like that it's it's yeah, um, yeah. it's it's proof that uh, yep. yeah you already know this but uh your talk was at the same time as my talk and you were like, oh, no, uh, it's late and this room is all packed. Well, you can imagine how, what it looked like <laughs> on the other side. My room was pretty thin. <laughs> and it was the huge, the, yeah, the huge uh, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light I got room. the big room. I got the little intimist one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it might be the case that the people that put together the schedule don't necessarily always know what people are into. <laughs> I think my talk probably sounded very lively. Uh, it, it was in the title, after all. Uh, now, uh, I had a lovely time, and I under fully understand why people would go watch, like, oh, what's the future Elixir going to look yeah, like? Uh, this and... thing that might, <laughs> <laughs> might change, all, uh, might change uh, what we do. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Stephen, sing us home. All right. At the, at, well, on that, we're going to call it. Thanks for tuning into Beam Radio. Again, if people want to find you on the internet and uh, reach out to you about your prototype and you know maybe just give you their unsolicited opinions about type systems, how can they find you? I have a page, a personal page uh, at my lab. Um, it's IRIF, the lab. Uh, it's the same page that was the paper, and there's my mail there, so they can mail me. Um, I do like Jose's posts on Twitter sometimes, but uh, I wouldn't call that uh, a very active <laughs> active interface. Yeah, mail, mails, mails really fun. And on my page, you can find everything: uh, the talk, the paper, the prototype, podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make sure we get that into the show notes. Um, all right. Thanks. Uh, thanks again to Groxio, Career Fuel for Programmers, for sponsoring the show. And thanks to Underyord. Yes. <laughs> I'll do it. That's, That's it. it. We did it. We survived. We survived. 